With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Matt Money Smith, play-by-play announcer of the Chargers. Freaking out his... Oh, I wondered what this was. Yeah, th- that's the whole drum fill at, uh, in, in the air tonight. I had no idea. I had no idea what to expect there. Neither did the statistician as Matt Money Smith lost <laughs> his stuff during that awesome, awesome uh, moment from Phil Collins. All right. Not so awesome moment every week when we announce the power rankings, unless you're happy with where your team is. And Bill's Mafia... Very happy with me this week, Chris. Yes, they are. Because the Buffalo Bills, in my estimation, are the number one team right now in the NFL. Yeah, I'm sorry, Cardinals fans, who are not happy with me right now because the lone unbeaten team, logic would suggest, should be number one. But the Cardinals should have lost to the Vikings. They could have lost to the Jaguars. What I see in the Bills, and this gets directly to the question that was posed by at sell the Chargers, who have the Bills beaten? It's not who they've beaten. They've beaten NFL teams. They have dominated NFL teams since somehow falling flat on their faces against the Steelers. Yeah, they have been dominant with two shutouts in an era where all the rules are slanted towards scoring points and gaining yards. They have suffocated both the Dolphins and the Texans who remain in the NFL. The Bills are the only dominant team that I see right now, Chris. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I'm glad you did it. I wondered if you would make them one or, you know, that one loss would, you know, dictate, okay, let me just put the Cardinals at at number one ahead of them. But, you know, I think to your point, like what you said, agreed with you there. And, hey, there is something, you know, to having – some money in the bank. Yeah, Buffalo's got a little more money in the bank. They were the number two seed in the AFC last year. They were 13-3. and three. They're a little bit more of a proven commodity at this point. Yeah, the Cardinals, definitely awesome and in this conversation, but I'm with you. I would have erred on putting the Bills number one. I would have. I think you said it right. I mean, you know, I mean, what, what are the, they've outscored teams, what is it, I mean, 118 to 21 the last three weeks? That just doesn't happen in the NFL. That's insane. And you're right. The one loss they played, it was the opener against a really awesome defense, and they outplayed that team. They just kind of messed it up. 
So uh, I'm with you all the way there. I do think they're the best team in football. And I think what's scary about Buffalo more than anything is I don't think their offense has really hit its groove yet. I really don't. You know, uh, that's where it, it'll be scary when, when Josh Allen and the passing game really start to take off. Right now, it's been a little choppy. Um, but they still make plays because they got Josh Allen and a few other playmakers, and that defense is absolutely on fire. I mean, they are kicking some ass. Cardinals at number two, up from number six. Bowen OC says probably won't happen, but admit it, Bills Cardinals Super Bowl would be a lot of fun to watch. Well, if it was anything like the yeah. regular season game last year that ended in the hail. Murray, hell yes, we would love to see Bills and Cardinals together. But Chris, right now, what Super Bowl matchup do you want to see the most? Ooh, that's right a, now. That's a good question. Um, mm, I think that I would love to see either Bills Rams, uh, yeah, Bills Rams, Bills Packers, or even my, what I did pick, which is Browns-Rams, I would love to see that as well. Uh, I'll, I'll throw those out there right now. Just from pure excitement, enjoyment, some of the storylines around it, I think those are the ones that jump out to me. Cardinals Bills is Bucks up there is, too. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if the Cardinals can sustain it, but if they can, awesome. Yeah, Bills-Bucks is what I picked going into the season, so I have to root for that. Yeah. But I, I think the Bills-Bucks, Bills-Rams, Bills-Packers, Bills-Cardinals, any of those would be awesome. And don't go to sleep on the Chiefs. The Chiefs no, have their I know. chance I know. to take out the new Kings of the Hill this weekend when the Bills come to town because, you know, just like the Ravens a few Sunday nights ago had to prove that they could beat the Chiefs, the Bills struggle with the Chiefs. Yeah, This is their chance. Even though they're the top dog right now, the the, the Chiefs are their kryptonite and uh, could be that, that next week the Cardinals are number one. Or someone else. I could see the Cardinals lose to the 49ers. I could see the Bills lose to the Chiefs. I guess we would reinstall the Buccaneers then if they beat the Dolphins this weekend. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I would understand that. You know, and, and of course the Rams are still in the mix. I mean, that game is a little misleading on the scoreboard last weekend about Arizona. You know, they blew some they blew some opportunities that they would like to have back, certainly. I'm not trying to take anything away from Arizona, but I think you said it right. And I think, hey, again, the way the Packers have looked really ever since week one and the way they're playing defense and just executing on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I think they're in that conversation uh, with some of those teams you mentioned as well. The top 10 I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with. I know some people don't like the fact that I have the Chargers ahead of the Cowboys. Shereen Williams is one of those because the Cowboys beat the Chargers. But I like what the Chargers are doing right now a little better than what the Cowboys are doing. Do you agree with that? Well, uh, I probably would have had the Cowboys – I probably would have had the Cowboys ahead of, you know, the the char I probably would have had Charger or Cowboys, Chargers, Raiders, then Chiefs is probably how I would have done it. Um man, I mean in Carolina, I'd probably infuse them in there too. I but either way, I got no issue with, with what your your top ten is really, other than yeah, I think you are a little low on the Cowboys. The Cowboys to me, with the defense the way they create turnovers and the offense with the way that they can be so balanced and beat you either way. So they can go, oh, you want to play pass defense? Fine, we're just going to bludgeon you in the run game. Oh, you want to come up and stop the run game? Okay, here we go, bombs away. And a little bit like we've seen the Chiefs in the past, when they get a little momentum and going on, offset, on offense, man, can they score in a hurry. And that's what happened last weekend. It was kind of dull at first, but 
got a little momentum, got a turnover on defense, and all of a sudden you go, damn, they scored four straight touchdowns. Four touchdowns in like, you know, uh, in 10 minutes of, of football play. And that's where they're dangerous because they have that elite, that elite unit in, in the offense. There are plenty of fans who are still confused and upset about the fact that the Ravens are at number four. TJ Burns NC says the Ravens are a tough, well-coached team, but aren't they like one injury away from an utter collapse? Their O-line and DB depth have indeed been diminished by injuries, but they keep winning. They they were impressive yeah. and dominant over the Denver Broncos. And hey, I got to keep it number four. They, they, they have tied the... 74 to 77 Steelers with 43 straight <laughs> games funny. with 100 or more rushing yards. You're funny. <laughs> I mean, that's as meaningful as the power ranking, so I guess I should give that some meaning. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's I mean, that should put them over the top, definitely. I, I you know, the Ravens are they're unreal. You say what you want, like them, dislike them. I think the one thing that you and I respect is their toughness, their ability to handle adversity. I mean, Wink Martindale, what he's done on the defensive side here the last few weeks with some of the injuries, very impressive. And, you know, they just, they're, they're, it's just never an easy game when you play Baltimore. They're going to compete to the very end. They're going to hit you to the very end. And I got no problem with where you put them. I don't know if I'd have them four. I think I'd probably have the Rams and Packers ahead of them, but I, I, I get your thought. Now, interesting question as it relates to the Raiders at number nine. They dropped five, uh, four spots from number five after losing to the Chargers. It's Raiders nine, Chiefs ten. DGO81 says, regardless of the record, there's no world where the Raiders are better than the Chiefs. Would you really take Vegas over Kansas City if they played this week? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, the, why? What, the why? Raiders beat them in Kansas City last year. Right. Like, didn't beat them. Kind of dominated them. And the Chiefs had to play like a perfect game on the Sunday night football game later on in the year to beat them. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, if I remember correctly, had to go down the field with under two minutes to score a touchdown to win the football game. Yes. You know, yeah, the way the Chiefs are playing, the way Mahomes has played up until last week, I mean, they're, they're, it's not that special. One of the worst defenses in football, constantly making mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. Mahomes won't stay in the pocket, even though he's got unbelievable pass protection. You know, that's one of the. He, he, Mahomes has been scarred by last year still. He's been scarred, and hopefully last week we'll finally get him back on track. But, man, when you watch Mahomes the first few weeks, he's floating around and moving, and he's moving himself into trouble and leaving plays on the field. He has not played like the best quarterback in football this year. Now, we'll see if last week kind of gets him back, you know, in order. But yeah, last week was the first time I went. Wait, pockets clean. All right, there's a reason we got a, you got a seven hundred million dollar contract. Stand there and throw the damn heater and get it in there. And he did that. You know, he's left a lot of plays. He's been very all over the place so far. So I, I'm with you. I'd have no problem with you putting there. I probably would bet on the Chiefs if they played the Raiders right now. But I don't think it's crazy that you have them a spot ahead of them. The problem with the Raiders, as we discussed yesterday, down fourteen nothing. To the Ravens, 14 yeah. nothing to the Dolphins, 21 nothing to the Chargers. You can't keep living like that. Will do Jim on Twitter says the Raiders might be too high. Watch for a return to commitment to excrement. <laughs> Long suffering fan, but realistic. Like, I don't know, but if they could just iron out these issues that cause them to put themselves in a hole early, they could be dominant. Don't fall behind by 14 or 21, and you're going to win every single game. So yeah. I think. Uh, I think that is is well, uh, 
an area where they can improve, as we discussed yesterday. Definitely. And, and look, listen, context matters in these conversations. Think about the defense you just talked about, all of them. They're all awesome. All of them. The Dolphins are awesome on defense. The Ravens are awesome on defense. The Steelers are awesome on defense. The Chargers are real good on defense. I mean, they they held the Cowboys to 17 points until a guy hit a 56-yard field goal to win the game. And so, you know, it's not that easy. The Raiders against this Kansas City Chiefs defense, the way it's playing right now, they will go up and down the field on the Chiefs, up and down the field. You know, so people got to get this is we're talking about 2021. This is not the 2019 Chiefs or the 2020 Chiefs to what we've seen right yet, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I don't think your logic is, is totally crazy there. Chargers three and one at number eight. Raiders three and one at number nine. Chiefs two and two at number 10. Broncos three and one at number 17. And uh, Derek Klingshern asks the very important question that I hadn't considered until just now. Does this make the AFC West a great division and maybe even better than the NFC West? Team for team, top to bottom, right now. I'm going to say no, but but it's close. I, I'm, I'm going to say no a little bit like the same phrase I used earlier, just the, the fact of like, I think the NFC West has got a few more, you know, a little more cash in the bank. Uh, you got, you got, Russell Wilson and two-time Super Bowl team there in Seattle who's been in the mix for the last 10 years. Of course, the Rams and McVay who are in the mix every year in the Super Bowl three years ago. The 49ers, you know, really talented in the Super Bowl two years ago and with a 10-point lead against the Chiefs with six minutes left. So, uh, you know, the, the AFC West may be closing the gap, but I'm not going to put them ahead of the NFC West yet. No, I'm not. Well, you know, it was the AFC North and the NFC West right. at the start of the season. The fact that the Steelers have fallen apart so quickly, right. I think, makes us say, at least me say, AFC West, the best division right now in that conference. Yes, I'm with you there. Better than the AFC North top to bottom. Yeah, with you. Um, all right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a break. But before we do, th there, there was an exchange between a couple of folks on Twitter. Jeff Pijanowski says, there isn't enough crack in the world that would justify the Chargers at eight, but the Ravens at four. And Rawl Sikowski responded, you, sir, have never done <laughs> large amounts That's great. of crack. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> London. London. <laughs> and everyone else that had to see that. And you can't blame me for this because I didn't make that graphic. All right, we'll be back with airing of grievances. Including, why did we put crack on the screen when we have to lock <laughs> Crack kills. Feats of strength, week four. Let's take a look back at some of the butt kickings that were applied. Jalen Phillips, rookie linebacker for the Dolphins. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. He, he takes Eric Fisher right back in to Carson Wentz causing the bad throw. There it is. Hard to throw when your left tackle is in your face. Kind of hard. Miles Garrett in the face of Rashad Hill. Miles Garrett would do this to most people. Rashad Hill, not one of the best left tackles in the NFL, but Miles Garrett, one-on-one, -on -one, that's what's going to happen one-on-one, yeah, -on -one, exactly and that's how, right. that's how you get your... And Oh, boy, Kirk Cousins took a nice little shot there. Yeah, that's how you lose almost took the, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's how you lose a lot of body parts trying to go against Vita Woo! Vea. Watch what he does here to create the backwash for Joe Tryon. He, with one arm, 
puts the tackle on his ass. Okay, he got two arms in there, too, but he took out two guys. Yeah, he did his and job. facilitated the sack. Here's Taysom Hill taking out the entire defense. This is Dwight Schrute in the cold open of the episode where he's running the football through the office. Get out of my way, Stanley. Get out of my way, Creed. Get out of my way, Ryan. We saw more Taysom Hill last week. I just wonder if that's going to be something we're going to see more and more at the quarterback position for the Saints. We need to see more Javante Williams. Oh, this Look guy's this. a bowling ball. Look at him. This is shades of your dad's New York Giants and Mark Bavaro carrying right. guys in Seriously. the end zone. Yeah, he went down, but my goodness, what a game that was against the Ravens. Seriously, one, Against the Ravens. Two, three, four. Holy cow, five. Yeah, seriously, he's taking Marlon Humphreys going for a, a, a carnival ride there. That's awesome. And how about Monday Night Football? Hunter Renfro spotting the fake punt. Oh. Wide open. It's going to work. It's going to work. The coach was so excited. But here comes Hunter Renfro playing like a free safety. Bang. Pop. Great play. What a hit. Great awareness Bruton there. said it's one of the greatest plays he's ever seen. I don't know about that, but it's a pretty <laughs> damn good either. play. Yeah. Those are the feats of strength. All right, time for the airing of grievances. I know you got one that's got you a little lathered up. I'll give you the floor today. Well, uh, the, the, the it, you know, it's football related, of course, as far as just X's and O's. And, like, I, I don't understand, you know, I've heard a lot of backlash, like, the last few days ever since our, our great Sunday night game about, like, why didn't the Bucks? I mean, why didn't the Patriots run the ball more? Why didn't they run the ball more? Why did they not run the ball more? Because nobody can run on the Bucks. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. So actually, it was a brilliant that they said, let's not waste our time and try to run the ball. We're not a good running team to this point this year. New England, isn't, that's the disappointment of their team. They were dominant last year. They could run on anybody. Not been able to do that this year. Nobody can run on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, we, we saw opening night, the Dallas Cowboys can move every defensive line in football out of the way. They said the hell with the run game in that game. They said, we're not going to mess with it. So what did McDaniels and company do? Well, we'll find a million ways to throw the ball short and make up for the run game. And you know, so that to me, it, it's, it's too much Monday morning quarterbacking going on a little bit. You know, it's the context of the situation matters. All right. We can't just look at a stat sheet and go, well, they didn't run the ball. That's, that was the problem of the game. No, they weren't going to be able to run the ball. They were going to waste their time and be in second and 10 and second 11 all game long. So they threw short passes so they could be in second and six, sec, second and five. I just, uh, it bothers me at times, and it's not like McDaniels and Belichick are stupid and we're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to run the ball. I forgot. I just, no, there was a reason. Yeah, it's the best run defense in football for the second year in a row, not even close. And people who are loyal viewers and listeners of the program, and to those of you out there, we say thank you. They, they may remember that the day after the first game of the season, Cowboys Bucks, you and I made the point that sure. it's not sustainable for Dak Prescott to throw the ball 58 times because the reaction to that was, well, they're going against the Bucks. They can't run it constantly. It's that, that's fine. We get that. Yeah. The point is, you still have to find balance in your offense in the future. Right. It can't that's be 58 sure. throws per game or your quarterback is not going to hold up. Against the Bucks, you can get away with it. Our observation was the Cowboys better have a different plan moving forward. And they have. Right. They have. Exactly right. They, they definitely have. have. But you're going to see that. I think you're going to see that week in and week out against Tampa Bay. I mean, just teams, you, you, you can't do it. They're too big and athletic, and then they got two freak shows at linebacker who run around like they're chickens with their heads cut off, and they just run into walls and kill people. It's, it's too hard. So teams are going to take other approaches, and especially when they have a banged-up secondary to go along with it, that's the weakness. So attack that. 
Don't let them off the hook and go, well, we just want to be balanced to run the ball just to run the ball. No, there's some weeks that you got to just do things a little differently according to your matchup. We talked earlier about Urban Meyer and how he seems to think that if he just talks long enough, all of his problems will magically go away. The NFL takes the exact opposite approach when it comes to questions about officiating, and I think this is deliberate. I think it's strategic, and I think it's kind of brilliant because it's working. They just don't address it. No transparency, no accountability, no explanation, because if we don't address it we don't legitimize it it's like it didn't even happen if we don't have a dean blandino or mike Pereira to run the video and discuss the calls i don't think it's sustainable but at least for now it's resulting in not a whole lot of conversation last week we brought to you the chiefs chargers last play blatant interference that should have given the kansas city chiefs first and goal from the one when uh, Travis Kelsey got tackled and Tyreek Hill was bear-hugged, and that's that. Now, that was a true Hail Mary. Yeah. Okay, and supposedly there's different standards. Even though the rule book, I checked the rule book, as you would say, the rule book does not say on a Hail Mary you're allowed to do things that you're otherwise not allowed to do when a ball is in the air. That's the way they treat it. Here's this week's, and this is not a Hail Mary. This is a throw to the end zone, game over, see you later, Browns win 14 to 7. But wait, let's take a closer look at this. There's the throw. There's the ball. There's Adam Thielen. What is that on Adam Thielen's left arm? Oh, that's a guy's hand. Brady Williams. Right. Holding him in place and keeping him from breaking back to the ball. And I've had people say, oh, he never would have caught that ball. Yeah, he's never going to catch it if Greedy Williams is physically restraining him from the ball. I, I don't get it, Chris. And I don't know that a sky judge would fix this, but let's watch that. Thanks for rolling it back. Look at that. Here comes the ball. Go back a little more. Back, 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 back. You, he, he can't get to the point where he could make a diving, lunging catch and force an extra point that would have resulted in overtime when he's being held no. by and Justin Williams. Jefferson's being held in the back of the end zone. I watched this play on film yesterday. Troy Hill's holding him. You could see him there in the right part of the screen. I mean, you know, hey, so it's... And- it's a weird thing. Great coaching. Really great job by Joe Woods. Right. Great job by Joe Woods. Because, right. hey, guys, look, they're not calling it. They're not calling it. Yeah. We get ourselves in that setting, just grab them. And we'll, we'll play defense from the one if we have to. Don't let them catch it. Whatever you do, don't let them have a shot at catching the ball. Um, and, and and there's nothing. There's no explanation. There's no transparency. There's no acknowledgement. And uh, Coach Dungy. He's the one. Now, I noticed it at the time, but I kind of forgot about it because there's a thousand other things happening. And Coach Dungy said to me, did you see that play? And he put it out on Twitter, anxiously awaiting NFL officiating to explain why this is not defensive pass interference on the last play of the Browns-Vikings game. And we are still waiting for NFL officiating to explain why this is not defensive pass interference. And and look, unless this is some sort of high-level Jedi mind trick being played on all of us to not acknowledge these issues and not create a story not create news and just kind of dare the rest of us to make it an issue. I, I, I don't like it. It's not good for anybody. They need transparency. They need accountability. This idea of go stick our head in the sand and hope it goes away. That's not, that's not the right way to do business. It may be effective, but I don't think it's the right way to do business. No, I don't. And like we talked about a little last week, at some point it's going to be a major football game and something like this is going to happen. And of course, you know, like you've made the point with gambling and everything there, it's it's going to cause a huge controversy. 
and it's going to be an issue in the NFL. So something they better dive into a little bit. Um, it, it's, it, it, it does bother me that it, it is ref. I understand a little bit of a leeway and some of those Hail Mary plays and all that, but it, it's that's gotten to the point. No, play. it's not. I know that's, that I'm just saying Hail Mary the, play. I know I'm just saying the, the one the week before I understand a little right. of like, okay, it's a little more physical than the normal play, but we've gone to the point where bear hugs are acceptable. You can just bear hug the guy. That's it. Bear hug it and get away with it. And that, that to me is not acceptable. Yeah, I don't get it, and I don't know what the league is thinking about this, and I don't know what the league is telling the officials. I thought that after last week there would be a memo or something telling them to call these plays, and they apparently didn't get it because they didn't call it in the Browns-Vikings game, which makes me wonder, are we going to see it again, and are we going to be talking about it next Wednesday? Well, I'll guarantee you this. The league may not want to talk about it, but we will talk about it. Anyone out there that sees an uncalled instance of interference in those 1 o'clock Eastern games on a Sunday when it is just nonstop action and there are things that are easily missed, let us know about it because and, – and, you know, here's what happens. When I did it last week, Chargers fans get pissy. Oh, oh you're anti-Chargers. No. I, if you're going to have pass interference as a rule – you need yeah. to enforce it. Right. This week, the Browns Browns fans, oh, what about this? What about that? I don't care about anything that happened in the game until the last play. Final play, ball thrown to the end zone. We're all deprived of an exciting moment. And I know you want to protect your team, and you're glad to get out of Dodge with the victory, but don't we want to see athletic achievement? That's, what's, uh, that's what I'm amazed by. Right. Somebody make that catch. I, Isn't that more exciting than seeing the ball hit the ground and the game end? That that uh, look. If you're gonna have the rule, you got to enforce it. That's my point, and it's a pretty important rule, pretty important circumstance, pretty important outcome that gets determined by whether or not the flag gets thrown. Yeah, that that's I think is the, the surprising thing to me is just the you know the theatrics of that moment. You would think the NFL wants it, and they don't let it happen at all. You know, in the in the era of you know, uh, of course, fantasy football and offense and yards, and that's all that sells. You know, that's that's yes, yeah, what we want. We just want to favor the offense all the time. On those plays, it's it's gone totally reversed there, and it's it is weird. And you make a great point, Chris. Why is there a different standard on hail marys? Why 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 is that the case? The rule book doesn't say that. Yeah, it's kind of like an implied. Know it when yeah, you see it. Right. It is not articulated anywhere in the rule book. The competition committee is behind it because when they talked about. Replay review and adopting that for pass interference in 2019, that was one of the issues. What do we do in a Hail Mary? Well, what does the rule book say? It doesn't say anything. I think somebody would be wise to take a step back, whether it's the commissioner, whether it's Troy Vincent, whether it's Rich McKay, whether it's somebody. Take a step back and ask yourself, why are we allowing any type of contact on a Hail Mary play that would otherwise be flagged? And is it in our interest to throw those flags or not throw those flags. I think it's in the best interest of the game to enforce the rules as written and throw that flag. And then talk about excitement. We get first and goal from the yeah, one. Exactly. Yeah. You score from the one, we get overtime or you win the game or whatever the case may be. I think they really need to rethink the idea that we're going to give the officials kind of a pass, not expect them to see interference on, on the last play of the game because we just accept the fact that in that jostling of bodies, somebody is going to break the rules. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. It's kind of just one of those things that's been accepted and gone forward, and it's just, oh, okay. And it's, it's kind of like 
festered more and more where it's just gone more. Let's swipe it under the rug more. Like, you know, a little elbow push would have been called in the 70s. We were, we were, you're mad about the Cowboys Vikings thing, right? I mean, that's shoved to the ground. Right? I mean, but, but, but that's like le- way less egregious Please than some of the stuff it. we've seen Please right now. It. I know, but Please you know what I'm talking it. about. So I'm just, so yeah. I'm talking to the control room. Please yeah. I, don't, don't. We, we got to go. We got to take a break. No, don't play. Thank you, Pete. When we return, in honor of everything that's going on with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, we're going to have a draft of the worst college to NFL coaching transitions. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted where I felt adventures pulse with every step, and where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. That was Clemson Smith Muniz, the Jets, uh, the Jets Spanish radio play-by-play man. I don't know if they call him Gordo Randy, but uh, anyway, Randy Bullock missed the field goal and the Jets win the game in overtime. And they did not, contrary to the tone and volume of that call, they did not win the Super Bowl on Sunday. They still have a few more wins to go to qualify. All right. uh, Urban Meyer already met with the team this morning. This comes from uh, NFL media, both Ian Rappaport and Aditi Kinkabwala. Uh, I, let's see, I'm told, uh, I told the team he's always cared about two things, his family and his players. I embarrassed them both. So uh, there it is. And uh, that's where it currently stands. But today's draft already locked and loaded. Not that not that his ongoing efforts to just keep talking until the situation goes away will make it any better. The worst college to NFL coaching transitions. Do we have a trivia question or do we need to get to it? No time for trivia, they tell me. Chris, you're up. Chris, no, Chris goes first. Chris, okay. go ahead. All right. Um, hmm. It's, it's actually a tough one to pick from here. I, I, I guess I'm going to go with Bobby Petrino to lead off the list. I mean, Bobby Petrino, like, well, what a disaster that was. I, I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. I mean, the fact that he just... 
Of course, no success, losing games in Atlanta, you know, had the had the Michael Vick fiasco and then just kind of tuck tailed and left town like that. That was a disaster in, in all in all areas. So for me, it's just a disaster because, yeah, he, he didn't even get a chance to fail. He just basically quit right on the spot. So I'll, I'll lead that uh, lead with that one right there. And look, when he took the job, he thought he was going to have Michael Vick. Yeah. Not that I am defending Bobby Petrino because it would have been my first pick as well. But it, it was doomed to fail from the get-go. And uh, Petrino made the exit and the Falcons were better off for it. I'm torn. Yeah, I know. I'm There's torn. tough ones. I will go. I got to go with Nick Saban. I have to. Okay. He was there for two years in Miami, didn't get to the playoffs, and the way that it ended there with the I'm not going to be the Alabama coach and since two weeks after he said that until today and continuously after today, he's the Alabama coach. Look, and, and well, he's made it worse as time has gone by with this bullcrap explanation about why they didn't sign Drew Brees. He's mm-hmm. blaming everyone but himself. If he wanted Drew Brees, he was going to have Drew Brees. Yeah. He's blaming others for his ultimate decision, whether he decided to defer to the doctors or whatever, he had the keys, and he didn't take Breeze. And I didn't mean that, need that, uh, or mean that to rhyme. But, was cool uh, though. With, he I'll had the keys. He didn't take Breeze. I like that. It's it's on him. He yeah. wanted Dante Culpepper instead, and uh, he got what he paid for. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, it, 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 especially you know, I think it's it's yeah, that one's like magnified because of of course how great of a college coach he is. So you just go, man, how did how did it not work out a little bit better in the NFL? Certainly, uh, I think the next I got I'll go Steve Spurrier. I mean, you know, I just the the audacity of Spurrier made maybe he should have been the first pick. I mean, he thought he was just going to go in the NFL and it was going to be Danny Werfel and I'm just going to throw bombs all over the field. Remember, I mean, what was that the New England preseason game where he scored like 60 points against the Patriots and like he thought, man, what's so hard about this NFL stuff? What's so hard about this NFL stuff? I can tell you, I was on the Bucks team that played you a little later that year, and you got four plays in your playbook. That was the that was it was easy about your NFL stuff. You had four plays, and that that just didn't work. It was a disaster, and uh, that will be my second pick. He mocked then Saints coach Jim Haslam right. for working too hard. Right. Haslam wanted to beat the hell out. He of wanted him. to go when play their golf. Teams met. Yeah, when their teams met, he did beat the hell out of. Uh, at least Spurrier's team, not Spurrier himself. Next one for me, I'll go Greg Schiano, the Bucks coach, for uh, a brief period of time. Toes on the line and the various criticisms of the hard-nosed yeah. reality. It right. doesn't work unless you get some pelts on the wall and or on the horse. And we mentioned Schiano earlier this week because he was the guy that would torpedo victory formation. At least he was trying to win the game. At least the game still technically wasn't undecided when he was having guys do that, but it did not go well for Shiana. All right, who else you yeah, got? Yeah, you can't you can't be like the 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 you know too strict of a general before you got to show a little success there, and that that I think is where Shiano messed up a little bit. Um, my last one, I'm gonna go Lou Holtz. It's one from the a blast from the past, but you know I I even had a like I was like wait didn't Lou Holtz coach with the Jets at one point? And that was an absolute disaster. I think that ended up in two or three wins. But, you know, again, it goes back to a lot of these guys where, yeah, they got great communication skills, a lot of them, but it's just a different game in the NFL. You know, good speeches and communicating well and being friends with your players doesn't go anywhere in the NFL. has nothing to do with that. And uh, it, it's the word you used before. Strategy is the, is the big thing in the NFL. I, oh, I'm tempted to say Chip Kelly here, 
But he went to the playoffs. He, he did. did go to the playoffs. His record's not that After bad. After that, it became a total disaster. I'm going to go Mike Riley. Okay. Mike Riley yeah. was horrendous in three years with the San Diego Chargers. Right. They, they, they were horrible, I think, pretty much every year. Uh, and uh, uh, we know a guy that played on those teams who has vouched for me how bad the the uh, the coaching was back in those years of 19. 19- 99 through 2001 so <laughs> mike riley so bad that you really have to think about it yeah like 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 he just kind of was it's like it never even happened right um right. it wasn't it wasn't as notorious as some of these others but it was pretty bad so yeah no right, i'm we with need you to take a break yep we're almost out of time we'll be back to wrap up this wednesday edition of pft live right after this The NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, is giving you a chance to win $160,000 this week, and it is free to play. It includes Irish Pick'em for Notre Dame against Virginia Tech, and $100,000 is up for grabs on Sunday Night 7 when the Chiefs visit the Bills. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. All right, two questions on the way out the door. Where does Stephon Gilmore sign, and when does it happen? Ooh. I'm going to say sometime in the next 10 days. I don't know if it'll happen this week, but I'm going to say, you know, uh, before next week's games, he gets signed somewhere. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens here. That's that's good. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to say they make the play for him. I'm going to say next Tuesday, and I'm going to say he lands in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I know you are. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Tampa Bay, Tommy's going to make it happen. There may be a little bit of a market out there. It may drive up the price the Buccaneers ultimately have to pay, but I think that the lure of reuniting with Tom Brady, winning a Super Bowl potentially, and setting the stage to get paid a lot of money because you're playing in January when everybody else is home watching, saying, hey, that guy's pretty good. Need to put him on my list of free agents. I'm right, rooting Chris, for the Bills to get always- him. But you, good job, too. It, it's, it, it could be fun. It could yeah. be fun to see how it plays out. We'll see everybody tomorrow. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.